Time now to talk a little NFL football with uh, Jeffrey Chidia from NFL.com. Uh, Jeffrey, welcome back to Sports 1440. You're with uh, Kevin Carius again. Uh, thanks for hopping on this morning. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Yeah, well, let's just get, first of all, this uh, Super Bowl game program that uh, you've been working on. It's already out, and you I just saw your kind of uh, the last post that you had on social media. Tell us all about what's going on with that. Well, they ask, every year they ask me to do a story for the program, and this year it's ironic because they wanted me to do a story on the Detroit Lions and Cleveland Browns of the 1950s. <laughs> and they're, those are two of the only teams who have not played in a Super Bowl, along with Jacksonville and Houston. And so people don't realize how much, how dominant those teams were in that era. I think in that decade, they each won three championships and either played against each other or were playing for it every year of that decade. So it's all about what they were, what they meant to football and how big they were, even though they haven't played in football's biggest game since. Anything you uncover there that you maybe didn't know about those two great franchises? Well, just, you know, I knew about Paul Brown mm-hmm. and some of the things he'd done to really help shape the game of football, but I didn't realize that all the things that the Lions with Bobby Lane and, and their coaching staff, things they did mm-hmm. really to move football forward. Like, they were responsible for starting the two-minute offense. Uh, they were the first really hard-partying team. You know, think <laughs> about the 85 Bears being that, but the Lions of the 50s like took it to a whole different level when they came to partying. So that, that kind of stuff was really interesting to see and read about. And that's, I mean, one of the best nicknames in all of sports history, Bobby Night Train Lane. That's right. You know. well, that was sick, Night Train Lane. Actually, he was the cornerback. Bobby was like, I don't even know if he had a nickname. Oh. He probably had a, a, a <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh. Dick was the cornerback. Okay. Bobby was the – yeah, he was – here's a funny story. He yeah. actually got traded after they won a championship because his coach went to Pittsburgh and the Lions thought he was done and they never won a championship after that. Oh. Curse of Bobby Lane is what Detroit calls it. <laughs> but, yeah, as you said, uh, there's a few teams in NFL history that – like to get at her, I guess, and, and uh, that's that's where all the stories come from as we're uh, guessing with uh, Jeffrey Chidia from NFL.com. Before we get to kind of talking Super Bowl, what did you make of uh, all the coaching vacancies and all those vacancies not vacant anymore and uh, any surprises for you in all the moves that were made? Well, certainly if you had asked me if Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick wouldn't have jobs this coming season, mm-hmm. I would have laughed at that because they were too uh, – in my mind, along with Jim Harbaugh, two of the three best coaching candidates, the most experienced, uh, the most accomplished going into this coaching cycle. But it just speaks to how much the NFL is changing and how much, you know, being in the face of a franchise, connecting with players, you know, how much owners are willing to look beyond what you've done in the past and look at what you can do moving forward. And so, yeah, I think those were the surprises. You know, it's good to see these young coaches get going, but if you've met – Sean McVay or Nick Sirianni or Mike McDaniel, some of these younger coaches, Matt LaFleur, a lot of lot to like about them. So I'm sure a lot more teams are saying, let's go find somebody like that. Is it kind of like a, everyone calls us a copycat league and, you know, that's not just the NFL, it's everywhere. And it seems when you have success with certain individuals, that happens. Is that kind of one of the things that's a, a cyclical thing right now with the, the coaching movement? Definitely, definitely. I mean, you can't really, if you're an owner – you can't help but look at some of these younger guys, again, like a McVay, uh, Kevin O'Connell from Minnesota, I put in that category and say, you know, these guys, when they get into a room, they're very polished. They're very media savvy. They like communicating. They like um, selling the team. You know, being an NFL coach isn't just X's and O's anymore. It's really about 
you know, uh, marketing and, and having something you can put on a billboard and, and, and connecting with these players. A lot of these players, you know, the, it, not like, it's not like it was five years ago. You know, a lot of these players come out of college now, they're, they're getting paid. They can transfer when they want to. And so to be a authoritarian-type coach, a disciplinarian-type coach like Belichick was, and Mabel had some of that in, in him as well, it's like it's not going to fly because they'll tune you out. you got to be able to meet them where they are and connect with them. And so I think that is what these younger guys bring to the table. Do you think these guys, not necessarily Belichick in my mind, but a guy like Vrabel, Next year, he would be, you know, number one on everyone's list for the first coach that gets fired for him to be the replacement? <laughs> I think so. And yeah. I, I'd be honest with you, I think that may have been part of maybe some of their planning. Like, you know, I'm sure all of these coaches got phone calls from teams. But if you're a Bill Belichick, if you're a Mike Vrabel, mm-hmm. you're looking for the best possible opportunity, uh, the best team to coach to win a championship. And, yeah, right now you look at what happened to Philadelphia – this past year, look what happened with Dallas this past year. Look at what happened to Buffalo, losing in the divisional round again. I would think that those coaches would love to get a hold of those teams, you know, with all they have to offer. Because if those teams aren't winning championships, they're going to start looking around and saying, maybe Bill Belichick or Mike Brable can do it for us. Jeffrey Chidea, NFL.com, our guest on Kevin Carey's show on Sports 1440. Uh, again, one of your uh, recent articles on NFL.com. Really, I just love it. The five most important questions ahead of the Super Bowl. And I just love the first question in the sense of um, how you worded it. And I'll, I'll read the question and let you kind of let our listeners know what the answer is. It's so the question is, do the Chiefs need a huge game from Patrick Mahomes to win? Expand, Jeffrey. Yeah, I mean, if you really look at the way Mahomes has played in this postseason, he's really been more of a game manager than, uh, you know, the dominant 400-yard, five-touchdown player he was a few seasons ago. And that's, I think that's by design, and it's, by, it's because of maturation. He's realized he's going to have to go out there and dominate the game with stats to win. He's got to make good decisions, move the chains, not take negative plays, sacks, interceptions, and they have a chance to win games. You know, he hasn't had a interception – in his last six postseason games. They hadn't had a sack, I think, until the Ravens got him once. That's had one sack in the last six postseason games. And even in his Super Bowl wins, he threw for 182 yards last year. He mm-hmm. threw for, I think, 280 uh, against the Niners four years ago. And so he's, he hasn't really taken over in the way you would expect, but I think he understands this team has great defense and that you can lose games if you don't take advantage of your strengths. So I think he's playing – exceptional quarterbacking, exceptional quarterbacking right now. And I'm going to kind of go forward in your article, uh, Jeffrey, and say to question number five, will Travis Kelsey remind us once again that he has plenty <laughs> yeah. left in the tank? Yeah. Well, again, another player who you look at the last, the second half of the regular season, he had one touchdown catch in nine games. In the last three meaningful games they played before they uh, you know, didn't play their starters against the Chargers and he sat for that game, he had 88 yards receiving in those three games. Mm-hmm. And so it felt as if he was looking like a 34-year-old tight end at the end of his, end of his rope. And he's found the fountain of youth in these games. And I think some defenses have focused more on Rasheed Rice, their talented rookie receiver, and Isaiah Pacheco, their second-year running back, and said, we'll see if Travis can beat us. And, and he's beating them, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think he still wants to go out and prove something. I'm sure having that, that girlfriend by his side then hurt his motivation to go out there and show the world what he's about and capitalize on that financially that financially after the fact. So 
but he's playing great football as well. Uh, Jeffrey, can you, while you brought it up, I mean, uh, can you believe where this is <laughs> This is kind of gone and where it started? Oh, and, and I mean, it's still got lots of legs. This story has lots of legs to go. Oh, yeah, that, that bomb is going to drop on <laughs> next Sunday in, uh, in Las Vegas, of all places. And if they win that game, I can imagine the scene around that. I mean, look, CBS is happy. Yeah, I know that. They, they wanted this, and I'm sure – they will move. They'll probably run a rocket ship to get her from Tokyo, where she's doing a concert on Saturday to get her to Las Vegas on time for that game. Maybe the space shuttle will be moving her across the country. The CBS the world. The, yeah, the CBS Concord is ready to roll. Oh That's man, right. well, you're, you're right. exactly right. I think all indications are saying that she would, uh, she's going to be available to get there just with the time change and everything. So uh, there's so many prop bets going on, you can't even keep track of them. Uh, Jeffrey Ch- Chidia. I own the space shuttle. Pardon me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeffrey <laughs> Jeffrey Ch- <laughs> Jeffrey Chidia, NFL.com is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Let's look at the Niners a little bit, and what do you make of? I mean, they were they could have been beaten by Green Bay. Could have been beaten by Detroit. Are they lucky to be here, or have they just found ways to win? I think they found ways to win, and in some ways, I know their head coach, Kyle Shanahan, is saying this as a positive, uh, and I think it's a positive for them, to have some adversity, to be behind the eight ball, to ask your quarterback and your team to, to rally in the, both those moments, uh, both those games. I think it's huge for them in terms of having the confidence to play against Patrick Mahomes and, and the Chiefs in this kind of a game. I, I think people, it's very easy to forget that throughout this entire season, they've been one of the top two or three teams in the NFL. And for the first five games of the season, they looked like they were going to ro- run away with the championship. So the talent is definitely there. It's really a matter of them executing. And, you know, I think in the AFC Championship game, I felt as if the Chiefs had the experience to win that game. They weren't the better team, mm-hmm. but that experience trumped what Baltimore is bringing to the table. The Niners have a similar experience level now. Like They've had guys who played in this game, guys who went through the pain of losing last year to the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. So there's motivation there and there's talent. So I think finding ways to win in different ways is a big help to them. Did the Chiefs and their Chiefs defense take a little bit of what Baltimore's defense did uh, back in December when they just kind of steamrolled San Fran? I think they can. They play a little bit differently. And I think, you know, it's it's funny. Again, I think looking back, we sometimes forget that the, that the Niners actually were leading that game early and they had a safety of Lamar Jackson. They were harassing him. And so and that game turned on some Brock Purdy interceptions, but three of those passes were just tip passes. And I think that's where if you're the Chiefs, you're sure that's going to be part of your game plan is to try to – knock balls down and get in his face, but I, I think they're going to have to be very cognizant of how do they stop Christian McCaffrey? Mm-hmm. Because one thing that surprised me with the Ravens game plan, which was maybe the dumbest game plan I've ever seen in a playoff game in my life, which was to take a team that had given up 180 yards rushing the year before and only have six rushing attempts against them by your running backs. I imagine the Niners are going to run Christian McCaffrey like crazy in this game, and the Chiefs are going to have to stop him. So mm-hmm. I think this this game, the trenches will decide a lot of what happens in this game. Your other comment in, in uh, your recent article on NFL.com and what you said basically uh, that you thought that the whole game probably comes down to this matchup, and these are your words, uh, Jeffrey. Can Kyle Shanahan outwit Andy Reid? Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I do believe this yeah. has been 
maybe Andy Reid's finest moment as a coach in the postseason so far. A lot of people question what the Chiefs would do on the road in the playoffs. and He's really outcoached John Harbaugh and his staff. He outcoached Sean McDermott and his staff. You know, he, he outcoached the Miami Dolphins and Mike McDaniel and those guys, but the weather was a big factor, what happened there, and the, the Miami Dolphins being beaten up. So he's really pulled out all the tricks. Uh, I've likened it to uh, when George Foreman fought Muhammad Ali and mm-hmm. people thought Muhammad Ali was done because he had that jelly roll around his stomach and, you know, <laughs> wasn't moving as fast, but he found a way to rope-a-dope his way to a title. And that's what it feels like the Chiefs are doing. The, the, the Niners are the better team. On paper, they have the better roster. They have the better record. They have, they've been more consistent throughout the course of the year. But the Chiefs have that experience, and they know how to win in these moments. And so that's the thing that Kyle Shanahan is going to have to figure out. You know, he uh, lost a tough game as a coordinator to Atlanta, when he was in Atlanta to the Patriots. Uh, lost a tough game to the, to the Chiefs. Both those games, he had leads mm-hmm. to work with, and they couldn't get it done. So I think as much as, as good as Andy is, like Kyle Shanahan is pretty good too. The question is, can he finish? Well, maybe Roger Goodell should be selling seats on the uh, space shuttle to Tokyo and back. That could make some more bucks for this uh, for this game. I uh, really appreciate yeah. your time, Jeffrey. Uh, thanks for this. And no uh, we got another whole another nine days to talk about this before we get rolling for kickoff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's all coming now, right? Take care. I appreciate <laughs> Th- it. Thanks, Jeffrey. That's uh, Jeffrey Chidia from NFL.com.